You're listening to the Crossing DE podcast from The Crossing in Milton, Delaware, a community dedicated to developing devoted followers of Jesus. Hey, welcome everybody in person, online. Welcome to The Crossing. Uh, I've got some uh, good news and bad news. What do you want first? All right, the bad news is this. Because of surging numbers in our area, uh, we made a decision that we were going to uh, cancel the men's summit, the men's retreat happening in the first weekend of February. Uh, maybe I should use the word postpone because we're considering some other options later. Um, but so we haven't made a decision about the ladies' retreat yet. It's at the end of February. Uh, so we're going to monitor things a couple of weeks and then make a decision. So I'll be praying about that. So uh, that's the bad news and it's out of the way. And so now for the good news, I need you to know this man, John Fisher. All right. Uh, John is retired army, retired policeman, retired, you know, all kinds of things maybe. And uh, so the Lord has made John available to us in a special way. Uh, because of his previous, you know, employment opportunities, uh, he, is a, he is a guru for infrastructure. And so we, the Lord just made John available to help us with some infrastructure here at the crossing. And he's going to give some major attention on just, uh, we're going to see him as our operations director. He's just going to help us keep things moving and where we need to be going. He's going to be a liaison between the uh, facilities team, a liaison between the security team. He's going to be working with Sue Ganser, you know, just with this new software program we're putting in the place. So I am so grateful for John and his availability and the best part about uh, John is, is his wife, Jan, <laughs> FYI, FYI. And so I just want you to introduce yourself to him, welcome him, encourage him, uh, just, you know, kind of a cool role that he's going to play. And we're, I'm so thankful to the Lord's provision. Uh, let's hear for John. So last week, we unveiled to you the name of our next uh, three-year ministry strategy that's going to lead the way through 2022, 2023, and 2024. Does anybody remember the name of our strategy? Oh, what a way smarter than first service people. Thank you. Engage. They try to cheat on me on the second, on the first service. Engage, right? And really, honestly, it's all about engaging Jesus. And, and from last Week we want we just want to keep engaging his story and his word and his spirit and his family and his mission. It's all about engaging Jesus. Now today, um, we want to unveil to you the first of three targets that's going to help us focus in this engaged strategy. So today, the first of three targets. And uh, these three targets are going to lead the way next three years. Today's the first of the three. But first, it's story time. Way back in the beginning, like way back in Genesis, Genesis chapter 12 to be exact, God, out of the blue, just simply out of his grace, he came down and he... Um, he found this pagan man named Abram. And he introduced himself to Abram and said, hey, I'm God. And he basically says, and I want you. 
I choose you. I want to use you to start a family. In fact, I want to choose you and use you to start a family that'll usher in the Messiah. In fact, uh, Genesis chapter 12, just listen to the first three verses. Here's what Genesis 12 says. The Lord had said to Abram, I want you to go from your country, your people, your father's household to the land I will show you. Promised land. I will make you into a great nation and I will bless you. I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. Whoever curses you, I will curse and all the peoples on earth will be blessed through you. That's pretty cool. And really from the get-go, here's what we can get. From the get-go of scripture, God intends to bless people. So much so that they would become his people. And then his people would bless people. That's how he rolls. Blessed to be a blessing. Now, we need to understand that biblical principle in order to really understand the first target that uh, we're going to present today for our engage strategy. Target number one is called missional community. Missional community. We want to develop and succeed in the next three years with this thing that we're calling missional community. What are we talking about? Well, I thought that I would rather show you an example of what it looks like before I explain it. Missional community. Really, to to see an example of missional community, you don't have to go very far in the book of Acts to find one. In fact, the very first church, uh, as described in the book of Acts, uh, especially the first few chapters, is such a great example of missional community. And I honestly, I'll confess to you, I thought about, I, would, I, I thought I would run to Acts chapter 2, uh, starting with verse 42 through 47. It's, it's the first description of the very first church, and it uses these descriptions. It talks about um, their conviction and their conversion, their connection, their devotion, and their compassion and care for one another. And I thought, that's it. I'm going to run right there again. And I'm like, nah, I always run there, right? And I literally thought, if I go and preach Acts chapter 2, 42 through 47, somebody's going to be bored with it. I mean, I go there too, so often, and they're like, nah, they're not going to want to hear that again. So then I thought, you know what? I'm going to run to my favorite description of the church, Acts chapter 4, verses 32 through 34, uh, where it gives these phrases to describe the very first church. Um, They were all one in heart and mind. They shared everything they had. God's grace was so powerfully at work in them all, so much so there were no needy persons among them. But I thought, no, I run there too often too. And then my eyes caught a description in Acts chapter 5. Today I want you to see a fresh description of the very first church from Acts chapter 5. This is pretty powerful. Starting with verse 12, here we go. Acts 5, 12. The apostles performed many signs and wonders among them. Now, I want you to know that that would have been just as odd then that it would have been even today if it were to happen, right? 
the apostles performing miracles and wonders and signs. And the Bible underscores constantly that the reason they were able to do miracles was simply to underscore their message. It was to authenticate that they were actually from God too. And so they continued the ministry of Jesus in a miraculous way. The next part of the verse says this, and all the believers used to meet together in Solomon's colonnade. Some of your translations may call it the porch, Solomon's porch. Now, this was not in the temple. It was like a porch on, to, on the temple in one of the areas close to the temple. And the church decided that's where we're going to meet. And all of them kept meeting together there on the porch. Next verse. Verse 13. No one else dare join them even though they were highly regarded by the people. No one else dared join them? Why not? Well, we'll get to that in a minute. Next verse. Nevertheless, more and more men and women believed in the Lord and were added to their number. That's a little confusing. Amen? I mean, a lot confusing, actually. What? All right, we're coming. We're, we'll come back to that. Verse 14. Or verse 15. As a result, people brought the sick into the streets and laid them on the beds and mats so that the, at least Peter's shadow, the apostle Peter's shadow, might fall on some of them as he passed by. Crowds gathered from the towns around Jerusalem, bringing their sick and those tormented by impure spirits, and all of them were healed. All of them. You see, the ministry of Jesus continued through the apostles. I love that passage. I love that description. Wow. What a great passage. And what a great example of missional community. Let me explain. Target number one, missional community. And we're going to use this term because missional community is actually a description of who we are to be as the Lord's people. Missional community is a description of who we are as the church. Now, the church is a community, right? This is our community. The church family is our community. And I just want to remind you from this text that the church exist because of our connection and commitment to Jesus, right? We exist, we're, you know, we're connected together because we're connected to Jesus. Our text said this, all the believers gathered together on Solomon's porch. All the believers. Now, um, the word believer, honestly, um, it's a bad translation. It's really too general. Um, really, this word is a reference to those who were committed uh, to the person of Jesus, to the word of Jesus, to the work of Jesus. Uh, the, the phrase ought to be translated the faithful ones, the faithful ones. These were, these were people who were committed to loving Jesus and obeying Jesus. And their, their connection existed because they were first connected to Jesus, right? 
The second thing I learned from our text today is that um, they experienced their connection together by doing life together. It says all the believers kept meeting together in Solomon's colonnade or Solomon's porch. They kept meeting together, constantly meeting together. Why did they meet together? What were they doing when they, they met together? Well, Adam mentioned it earlier, Acts chapter 2, verse 42 where I wanted to run to, says they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and prayer. They were developing, uh, devoted to uh, studying the Bible together. They were devoted to praying together. They were devoted to worshiping together, doing the Lord's Supper together. And of course, they were developed to fellowship, which was the, their togetherness, being together. And they kept meeting. They experienced their connection by meeting together, being together, doing life together. A third thing I'm reminded of in that description is that they express their connection by caring for one another. They express their connection by caring for one another. The earlier text that I wanted to run to describes them as no needy persons among them. They were devoted to each other. They were devoted to the fellowship. They shared everything they had. They took care of one another. I love that. So they express their connection by personal care. And then here's what I think is awesome. The church is so obvious that they extended, they extended their connection to outsiders. Do you realize the church is the only organization that really exists for the purpose of those not yet members? And they kept extending God's grace to those on the outside. Now, verse thir uh, 13 to 14 are so confusing, right? Uh, verse 13 says, no one dared join them. No one dared join them. No one else knew dared join them. Well, no, not in light of what happened to Ananias and Sapphira. Remember them? It, you could read it in the, in the first part of Acts chapter 5, the first 11 verses, tells us the story of Ananias and Sapphira. Let me just quickly tell the story. For example, if an outsider would have said to an insider, if an outsider would have said to one of those Christians, hey, tell me about your church. I think they would have said something like, never a dull moment at our church. What do you mean? Well, let me just tell you about last Sunday. Last Sunday, this dude by the name of Ananias, uh, he showed up, and he was so, he was so cocky, and he brought his wife along with him, and they pretended to be generous. What do you mean? Well, they pretended to sell a piece of property and donate it all, but they lied about the amount. Both of them, at separate, different, separate times, they lied about the amount, and as soon as they lied, they died. No one else dared join them. Well, no, they wouldn't. You go to that church, you die if you lie. And so they are highly regarded. But then you, you remember the next verse, right? The next verse said, nevertheless, more and more men and women believed in the Lord and were added to their number. Well, they would not dare go to the porch. Nobody dared to, no outsiders would dare visit the church, you know, be a guest on one Sunday. No way. You go to that church, you die. But the individual church members were out there talking Jesus up. And people kept falling in love with Jesus and receiving Jesus and, and then 
okay, it's okay to be part of them. It's about engaging Jesus. And so, missional community is really a description of who we are as the people of Jesus. We exist because of our connection with Jesus. We experience this connection by meeting together, doing life together. Um, we express this connection by caring for one another. And then we extend this connection to those not yet part. Outside. So, first of all, missional community is a description of who we are as a people. Secondly, and here's the, here's the only other thought I want to underscore today, missional community reminds us of what we ought to be doing, who we are and what we ought to be doing. It's missional community. It's all about his mission, right? You remember Matthew chapter 28, go into all the world and make disciples, Get out there, go make disciples. And in Acts chapter one, he reminded them, hey guys, you're gonna, get, you're gonna have great power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you're gonna be my witnesses in Jerusalem, then Judea, then Samaria. In other words, you're gonna be my witnesses to the surrounding communities. And it reminds us what we're to do. Listen again to verse 15 and 16, would you? 15, the last two verses of our text today said this, as a result, I love this, as a result of them being who they are, as a result, people brought the sick into the streets and laid them on beds and mats so that at least Peter's shadow might fall on some of them as he passed by. Crowds gathered also from, the, uh, from towns around Jerusalem, in neighboring communities, bringing their sick and those tormented by impure spirits and all of them were healed. That's amazing. I'm convinced that if you were to ask someone not yet part of the church back then to describe what was going on with this church of Jesus thingy, I think that they would give a description that's similar to this. They might not really understand what's going on, but from their outside observation, here's what I think they would share if you ask them to describe that church of Jesus thingy. Number one, obviously, they're excited. Obviously, that group of people are so excited. I mean, a lot is happening. I mean, all kinds of things happen. Even miracles are happening through them. People are being healed. It's amazing. Lots of excitement. Obvious excitement. I think he would also share, uh, there's obvious unity. I mean, obvious unity. They keep meeting together. They keep praying together. They keep proclaiming the word of the Lord together. They keep doing the Lord's Supper together. They keep amening the preaching together. They just, they're so unified. It's, it's, it's crazy. I think he would also say, and there's obvious, ob, obvious growth. I mean, there's, no, there's, you know, when they decide they're going to meet, there are no parking places anywhere in town, right? Uh, that 80% to the capacity, way over. I mean, they just keep growing and growing. It's so obvious they keep growing. There's obvious compassion. And get this, I, I think he would describe, and they don't just love and take care of each other. They, they offer their compassion to outsiders. I mean, they don't just take care of each other. They take care of everybody. They take care of us. It's amazing. It's so amazing. And I think that would be the description. And the last one, and it's so obviously connected to this character of Jesus. 
It's all about Jesus. They keep bragging about Jesus. So obviously it's in relationship to him. I think, I think that's exactly what they would say. It's so obvious. Now, this past week, as I've dove into Acts chapter 5, uh, there were two observations that I personally made. Uh, the first observation with regard to this missional community is there's actually two parts to community. When we use the word community, there's actually two parts. First of all, there's our community as the church, right? Us, our church family, our community. And then the second part is the people who existed in the surrounding communities. Um, the neighboring towns, our neighborhoods, you know, the, the communities. So there's two parts. And really, when you look at it, there's only two kinds of people here. Uh, in this text, there were two kinds of people. There were those on the porch and those not yet on the porch. Get it? There were those who were meeting and part of the church and added to the number. There were those on the porch and then there were those not yet on the porch. Only two, two kinds of people. Only two, uh, those in Christ, those not yet in Christ. Um, and honestly, I think really there's only two races. There's only two races. Those who are racing toward eternity with Jesus and those who are racing toward an eternity without him. Those on the porch and those yet not yet on the porch. The second observation I made is here's an opportunity. Every conversation you and I have, because of the, our community and our surrounding communities, um, there's, you know, every conversation has two options. Every interaction you have this next week, every conversation can either be an opportunity to encourage and edify a brother and sister in Christ or it's an opportunity to influence someone outside of Christ. Every conversation. An opportunity to encourage or an opportunity to influence. An opportunity to build up or an op opportunity to foster something new. Every conversation. Edify or evangelize. Observation. So because of that, our church is going to uh, engage corporately. In the next three years, we want to develop and succeed at missional community. And uh, that means two things. First of all, we're going to rally and foster some fellowship events where we are being strengthened, where we are being uh, connected in a greater way, where we are stronger as a family. That's part one. But part two is we're going to rally around and organize around uh, some events where we're actually reaching in more intentionally to our surrounding communities. Two parts. Strengthening those on the porch and inviting those who are on the porch yet. Our community and our surrounding communities. Make sense? Worth pursuing? Worth engaging in? Let's go. But I thought maybe I might land this plane challenging you to think about how you might be able to engage personally. What can you do on a personal level that really foster this missional community? Four, four quick thoughts, four quick challenges. Uh, challenge number one, would you start praying about it? Pray for it. 
Would you just ask the Lord's blessing and success with missional community? Would you start praying about it? Now, you know, I've taught you this a lot, many times. I use a lot of prayer prompts, right? I use a lot of prayer prompts uh, in my prayer life. And one of the prayer prompts I use is one of those local stickers. You know, those oval local stickers. Um, For example, it might just have an L on it, which stands for Lewis. And the M might stand for Milton. And the RB stands for Rehoboth Beach, right? You get it. BB, Bethany B. When I see a local sticker, I, I use it as a prompt to ask the Lord to help our church have greater influence on our surrounding communities. Now, I wanted to do something really quick, a quick poll, a little bit of fun. And I'd love for you to respond with either applause or major shout outs. All right. If your zip code is Milton, let me hear where you are. All right. Got some Milton. If your zip code is Rehoboth Beach, let me hear you. Not very many, it you know, didn't sound like. If uh, Lewis, all right, all right, coming back up. Uh, if your zip code is Milford, all right, you guys are neighbors, sweet. Check, you know, Milford? It, yes, Millsboro or Long Neck. All right, all right. Uh, if you're online today, let me hear it. Wow, I think we have a lot more onliners than in person today. That was awesome. Kathy, I actually heard you. You were the loudest. You know, I'm glad you're there. Our local communities. Hey, another prayer prompt that I use, and I'm sorry, I just told myself I was going to slip this in. Uh, I use a Jeep Wrangler as a prayer prompt, all right? And you knew this was coming, Dick. You knew this was coming, but yes, you did. I use a Jeep Wrangler as a prayer prompt. And when I see an attractive two-door Jeep Wrangler, my commitment is I pray a blessing on my personal family. There's a lot of Jeeps in our area, amen? When I see an attractive four-door Jeep Wrangler, I try to use it as a prompt to pray a blessing on our church family. There's a lot of those out there too. But in the last couple of years, a Jeep came out with, with this Gladiator Jeep Wrangler truck. You've seen it, right? You've seen it. It's got a bed on the back and it's like room for more. So I made a commitment. When I see one of those Jeep Wrangler uh, gladiator trucks, I'm going to pray for uh, more influence. Our church having more influence in our surrounding communities. And um, I'm also using it as a prayer prompt for maybe possibly someday I could have one of those Jeep trucks. (laughs) I mean... I'm going to have to wait, you know, and get a 2020 or, you know, high mileage so I can even come close to affording one. Great day. They're expensive, but, um, but I'm praying about it. And if you want to pray for me about that, <laughs> pray for it. Hey, second suggestion I think you could do to be on board with missional community is party. Okay. Uh, preacher, you said what? Party. I want to encourage you, the first party I'd like for you to consider is a, a block party. How about hosting a block party in your, in your home or wait till spring on your back patio? Just invite some of the local neighbors just to invite them over for a meal and just let the conversation happen. I love block, block parties. Just, you know, come on over. I, would, I want to encourage you to consider throwing a Matthew party. A Matthew party. What in the world? A Matthew party. When the disciple, when Matthew was called to be a disciple, the very first thing he did is he opened his home and he invited all the 
disciples that he knew to come over. And then he invited all of his before Christ friends to come over and hope that they would just mingle and mesh and have some good conversations. I like that. Maybe throw a Matthew party. Some of you needed to throw a coffee party. A coffee party. Just invite somebody to do coffee with you one time and buy their coffee, right, for them. And just sit and be relational. And look for ways where you can slip in some good news. Or, or look for things that, you could, that they're telling you about that you could actually pray about and come alongside them in life. Throw a party. Third suggestion, and, and that's, um, would you point out, maybe be willing to point out some easy opportunities. Point out some easy ops. Here, I got an example for you. Um, I want to brag on a sister from our church, uh, Cat Flaherty. Uh, this past uh, December, came to us as a staff and said, hey, I've got an idea for the staff to consider. We're like, okay, what is it? She says, well, I work at the Milton Elementary School, and I thought it would be so cool if the staff provided coffee and donuts for our staff on the last Friday, uh, the last day before Christmas vacation. That's a great idea. Yeah, we'll do it. So Austin and I, our idea, so it was Austin and uh, me and Don Bell and Sue Ganser, all right? So Austin and I thought, wouldn't it be cool, let's just get the uh, donut holes and let's just drop it in their mouth as they come by and just say, have a great day, you know, something like that. That was our idea, me and Austin. I still think it would have been awesome. But Don and Sue uh, had different ideas. Great day. Dawn and Sue showed up with mountains of donuts and decorations and Christmas trees and Christmas tablecloths and all these things. I mean, we turned their staff room into a Longwood Gardens exhibit or something. I don't know. It was weird. But it was so awesome. One of the ladies came in and said, Mark, would you pray for me? My brother just tried to take his life. Yeah. Another lady comes in and says, our teacher comes in and says, Mark, what are you doing here? You're still preaching up at the, um, what is it, the crossing? Hey, can I ask you a question? Uh, do you have kids ministry? I really need to get my kids back in church. I'm like, yes, we do. <laughs> Let me introduce you to Austin. And just constantly, people would come in there like, whoa, what happened in here? This is awesome. Nothing like this has ever happened. And it was, it was just such an easy opportunity to... Now, I did get a couple of texts from other teachers and other schools and like, uh, where's ours? Maybe next time. One more. Would you just plan to say yes when you're... The next time you're asked to be involved in missional community. We're going to organize all about it. Missional community, target number one. Let's do this. Because really, here at the crossing, we want everyone to find a savior that they can worship, right? Everyone engaged in Jesus uh, and part of his community. And we want everyone to find a family. Here at the crossing, we want everyone to find a family where they can, they can love and be loved. That's what everyone needs. And we want everyone to find a life group where they can grow. And we want everyone to find a ministry team where 
They can serve, and we want everyone fostering a desire with courage and energy to reach our surrounding communities. Amen? Lord Jesus, thank you. I thank you for this description in Acts chapter 5. It's so powerful. We want to be like them. And I pray, Lord, that you would grant so much success with this first target of Engage. In three years, may we celebrate in an awesome fashion success with missional community. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening. And don't forget to subscribe. For more information about The Crossing, visit thecrossingde.com or download the mobile app on the Apple App Store or Google Play. Music for today's podcast is from artist Sounds Like Sander under license from soundstripe.com.